national keywords in 95819 right now. Change. C-H-A-N-G-E. Change. K240BL Albuquerque is 95.9 FM. 610 KNML Albuquerque. The Sports Animal. Listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley. <laughs> this is going to be so good. And Fred Slow. I am the cream here. The cream of the crop. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. It's Monday. You know what that means, Albuquerque. I, of course, am Fred Slow, and I will be alongside you up until 5.45 today before I have to jump ship. That means you're captain in today, Van. Hello, Captain Van. Uh, ahoy, matey. Does anyone say that? Does anyone talk like that anymore? No, I just did. <laughs> Van and I will be here till 5.45. I will then leave, as I'm going to call the... New Mexico Highlands Volleyball tonight. The Cowgirls are hosting Western New Mexico. That's going to be a fun one, so I'm Ooh, fun doing that. That's you know. a rivalry game. The uh, Yeah, I mean, it's all about the conference, Van. It's all about the conference. And the Cowgirls, or Cow Folk, as they're known up here. Um, ah, non-gendered yeah. language. I like it. Very progressive. I, we, it's 2021, Van. Sure. It's 2021. So I am in Las Vegas. You are in Albuquerque, and alongside you is... The best in the business when it comes to flipping the switches, Mike Vitale. Michael, how are you? Pretty good after that uh, good uh, wild finish there in Green with Green Bay. Ooh good wee. win by the pack. Did they get a win? Did that happen? I still got yes, chills. Yes, they did. I was too busy watching the Raiders. I'm obsessed with the Raiders now. <laughs> You have, to, you have to check out the last play of the game. That's all you got to do. Oh, oh, no, I did. He, he knows he's trolling you, Vital. Don't Giving take Aaron the Rogers bait. The ball with 37 seconds left is at or near the poorest decision you can make if yes. you're a team that's playing against Aaron Rodgers. You take a knee on the one-half yard line if you're San Francisco <sighs> and take your chances with failure because you do the, not give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. No. what's the Even if he doesn't have any timeouts, even if it's only 37 mm-hmm. seconds. Whenever whenever the Green Bay did not tackle, is it ju- Juice Chick? Am I getting that right? Whenever yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Whenever they didn't take down the running back at the two, you were like, "That's that's best for Green Bay." For sure. Because you'd rather have the ball and be chasing, than not have the ball and be up when you know they're going to score. Exactly that. Yeah. So anyway, so Green Bay came through, and in the famed words of of everyone that's ever been a Green Bay fan, they are who they thought they were. Yeah. Welcome back, boys. And we'll hit we'll hit more on this in the four thirty segment. Vital has a little bit of audio for us, and uh, we'll be talking all things NFL coming up shortly. Did, I'm here till. Did you, oh, go ahead. Did you have enough time to go into a hot spring in Vegas? Vegas is is renowned for their hot springs. What? Is this real? It's very real. I'm about to find out. They're public too. No, I did. I did just. So it's my first game with the Cowboys, and I did take a tour of the campus. It's insanely nice. I had no idea. It's very nice. Yeah. So, and their athletic facilities are also insanely nice. So, it's going to be, I don't know, I'm excited to be a part of it. And, and it's, been a, it's been more than a couple minutes since I've called volleyball, but I think it'll come right back to me. So, so that's good. 
you know. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I'm gonna have a lot of fun here and do that. And I got to be off at 5:45, so you and Vital will hang out for a little bit, and then Josh Shushan is gonna join us at Crosstalk as the Isotopes have their final home game of the year tonight. That is exciting. Vital, don't worry about it. It's just going to be me and you. We'll be talking Monday night football at 545. So save your hot takes. Ohioans football here or volleyball. <laughs> yeah, it's a full weekend of Highlands athletics. So it's I'll be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Volleyball, football, volleyball. So it will be, yeah, it'll be an absolute full one. Are you going to, are you going to commute? Or are you just going to, no, you're just going to no. stay, you got an apartment up there? Yeah, they, yeah, the university does a real good job. So they set me up with like a, uh, I like stay overnight at like an apartment and, or at a hotel. And I mean, I don't know. It's, it's real easy. He's got a like, bunk just, bed. Yeah. I have, I have my own space. I, I don't have to, I asked to share a shower, but they told me I didn't have to. That's only for the freshmen at the dorms. Adults don't need to do that. Oh, shoot. Okay. Big Greg, Greg Bird had a heck of a game yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Ooh, I missed it. Yeah, I'll talk with uh, 6 o'clock. I'll talk with uh, old Shushan about that. Two doubles and a dinger. So the home run count is eight home runs, which, uh, you know, they're donating to Enlace. Uh, you know, they're working with that charity. So, Anyways, a lot of cool stuff going on with the isotopes, so you guys are going to catch up on that. Sorry, I will miss out. The weekend was good for me, Van, as I watched every pitch of the St. Louis Cardinals this past weekend. Uh, I know it's not necessarily the most hotbed Albuquerque sports talk, but I am obsessed with the longest winning streak in National League Baseball since 1951. It's bonkers, man. I am so happy for you, and I'm so happy for me that I got <laughs> it right. I told you so. I friggin' told you so. Ye of little faith, Cardinals had, Homer Deluxe. You had been Pickstradamus up until the Lobo UTEP pick. That is correct. <laughs> My streak is over. I didn't anticipate the Lobos having six wide receivers out. Did you see think, that? No, obviously I saw that. But you know what? I, I Like, I'm mad at us, and I'm mad for the friends of the show, because did we not do our due diligence? Like, should we have been investigating this beforehand? Because I didn't hear a whisper of it. When we were on the radio Thursday and Friday last week. I didn't hear. No, 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 no. It happened that day. Yeah, it was last minute breaking news. What I, even if you think you have people in contract, you th or like contract tracing, you think that would have came out beforehand. Because I guess the, what I read was apparently the exposure happened last Thursday. Oh. We did radio Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I thought, it, I thought they found out day of and had to do contract tracing. Well, and perhaps. But you know, I like, am often wrong. Well, and, and this stuff is often guarded. Sure. You know, so yeah. I, all I have is the source that gave me that it happened last Thursday and they were figuring it out. But that's not – I didn't confirm that with anyone else, so I can't put that, na that person's name out there. But what I can say is we – it didn't even cross my mind as COVID being like a qualifier or a part of this matchup against UTEP. I, for whatever reason, I guess I was living in a bubble of the world's back to normal, and this won't affect, you know, the cherry and silver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's always a concern, right? And by the way, since they got COVID and since a bunch of players didn't get to suit up, I think my prediction should be null and void, and my winning streak is back on, and the Oracle is still alive. 
Also, I won my Pick'em League again in the NFL this week. So two weeks in a row I won the Pick'em League. It's interesting to me that the Rams won, but Tampa Bay still undefeated. In your heart. Yes. <laughs> it was a good football weekend. Uh, the Cardinals game was incredible. Cardinals-Cubs. Uh, my boys, the St. Louis Cardinals, went ahead in the top of the ninth and then in the bottom of the ninth with the Cubs. Did you see any of these highlights? Like, there was a weird triple play the other day, or a double play, and it was like 5-4-3-4-5 double play, which doesn't make any sense. And then last night, which because they're off today, so last night there's a infield fly that's called, but Arenado slips and a runner advances, and two runners advance, but you can't get a force out because it's infield fly, and then they tag a guy around in a base. Did you follow any of this? No, I missed out on that. You're going to have oh to fill me So then at the very end of it, um, so at the ba- at the very end of it, they're like, "Cool, we'll just reset everyone and go again." And like, if you're like St. Louis Cardinals fan, or if you're Mike Schilt, the manager of the Cardinals, which by the way, outstanding strategy, just to stop losing games, incredible strategy, genius. Yeah, he. <laughs> so he's got to get tossed from the game because you can't not get tossed from the game when you have a chance. You know, when when an officiating call might ruin the game for you. By the way, San Francisco, Green Bay, like, so he's gone. The boys end up pulling it out anyways uh, off a strikeout for the uh, – what's the one? Ian Happ, is that the kid's name? Yeah. So so anyway, so he goes down swinging. The Cardinals are now 16-0 and in a row, like we predicted on Saturday. And they're off today, but they have a chance to go to – like, dog, they could they could go to 21-0 and before the playoffs. Like they got their toughest challenge ahead of them the next three games. And their toughest challenge, period – as they hit off of National League Cy Young candidate Brandon Woodruff Ooh-wee. from Vital's Brew Crew, that's going to be their toughest challenge throughout the whole streak. And you think he's going to be into it because, number one, like Milwaukee just got beat up on for three games by St. Louis in Milwaukee. All the rest of the games for the Cardinals are at home in St. Louis. But the Brewers clinched yesterday. Yeah. Like, what are the Brewers playing for? I mean, the Brewers, this will probably be Brandon Woodruff's last start of the regular season. So he yes. wants to go out on a high note, and you know in his heart of hearts he wants to snap this streak out of spite. Well, I agree completely with that analysis. So that was how I spent mine. I spent mine watching Cardinals baseball. I spent mine watching Lobo football. I spent mine watching NFL football. It was a good sports weekend. It, uh, it, it felt very normal as far as the sports weekend go. I did not really catch the Ryder Cup as it wasn't really a competition. No, the boys dominated the whole time. And we'll, we'll touch more on this in a little bit, but I think they're, they're ushering in a new era in American like golf. American golf, yes, I yeah. agree with that. Because, like, Tiger Woods had done that thing to where it inspired, like, golf all around the world. Right. And the world was catching up. And I, I get it, golf, Ireland, I get it. It's Guys, I don't need to hear that. Don't at me at TalkABQ or – on the text line, 505-246-0610. But, yeah, with Tiger, I think, being out, I'm not saying it's losing interest from around the world, but now those American kids that were inspired to be top-level athletes are up there doing it because they're, they're adults now who are either the oldest Gen Zers or the youngest millennials. I don't know which ones, but, yeah, but they're absolutely raking and doing that stuff out there. So not much of a Ryder Cup this weekend, which I guess is, a, is good for fans of American golf. Grab a break van, so let's do that. Let's, so let's do grab it. A, 
Let's grab a break. Remember, we get back. Uh, let's jump into UNM Lobos talk. Obviously, we're going to up, open up the Quan's Auto Care hotline. If you want to connect with your boys, we'll put you on. Kind of let us know how you feel about the cherry and silver. That's that's what we're looking for moving forward. We've, everyone knows the game. It's already Monday. Everyone knows the final score. But let's talk about that emotional. Let's talk about our connection to the team. This is ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. I want those people to be hurt because we, and I, we let them down. I apologize for that. We're going to build this thing up so that we continue to get better every week. We've got to shore some things up coaching-wide to coach them better so that we play better. And then as we continue to build this year three, year four, we're going to have a chance to compete for a conference championship. We haven't sailed the season in. We haven't tanked the season. We expect to go into the Air Force game and win Saturday. We're going to prepare like we're going to that we're going to prepare to expect to win nothing has changed and i know the community will show up i know everybody's still excited about level football we just have a bad taste in our mouth because we lost a game we shouldn't have a game that our community expects us to win that's the attitude i want around here we're back on the program that's my coach right there that was on the opening drive right vital yeah i heard that live this morning when i was up uh ymca getting my sweat on I'm going to get my reaction to it, but first, I'm going to give the opportunity to the friends of the show. Vincent, welcome to the program. Please bring us your UNM Lobos hot take. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Danny Gonzalez, uh, you, know, uh, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, that's all rah, rah, rah. No. I mean, the fact is they lost to UTEP, who's, you know, who lost to Boise by 40 points. I mean, you know, and they have a 13 to 3 lead at halftime and cough it up. Let me give you this fact UNM has scored one touchdown in the second half of all four games. <laughs> you know, obviously, when they go to halftime, UNM does not, whoever is the offensive coordinator, uh, he's not making uh, very many adjustments because they just, you know, they have nothing. And, of course, you know, that's the way it is. You know, uh, you know, Rocky and everything, the whole problem was Rocky when he was here, and you guys weren't here, his offense, his defense is great. Well, okay, yeah. But they can't. They don't know how to uh, uh, score in this day and age with the, you know, in college football. Are you there? Yeah, I'm with you, Vincent. Uh, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, we'll, we'll jump on that right now. Um, they were at a disadvantage because they, they lost six wide receivers. So, I mean, we'll take this game with a grain of salt. Um, let's just wipe this one clean and look forward. But, I mean, you are right. Rocky Long's defense did enough to win. They did everything they needed to do to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Van. And the problem I'm going to, like, counter you with, though, is Vincent's absolutely correct. We're talking about UTEP. We're talking about bottom ten. And, and it's, it's Derek Wareheim who's the offensive coordinator for the Lobos. And it does a little bit seem like the scheming in the second half, from regardless of whoever the Lobos are playing, He's not making the corrections on the offensive side of the ball to do it. I recognize you have to have skill guys out there to catch it. I do recognize that. Yeah, I mean, they okay, again, I'll beat it into the ground. They were they were down six important players, and, you know, Terry Wilson had a knee injury, and he couldn't really take off and run 
and scramble. So he was back there. And Terry Wilson was the key to the second half for me because I don't think he was reading defense as well. He was making a lot of poor decisions and ended up having to throw a lot of balls away. And I don't know if that's an indication of, you know, the offensive scheme or, you know, the personnel problems or his injury, but he looked very uncomfortable. And let's hope he doesn't look that uncomfortable going forward when we start playing better teams because they definitely got exposed in the second half. Well, and not just better teams, but conference teams, like teams that like know how to beat the Lobos, teams that have historically beat the Lobos. And, you know, when, and Vincent makes an excellent point. Like you go in at the half up two scores and then to give up 17 unanswered and and pedestrian is like a generous word to what the offensive was in the second half. Because not only was the ball not coming out, but like Wilson has to move. Well, Wilson can't move. His knee doesn't hurt. Well, then where's your protection on the backside? And I'm going to say that one half of the offensive, I don't know, the whole line can use some love and some attention. But the blind side of that offensive line for Wilson, it's not necessarily going to be able to block complex schemes. It's not, as, it's not necessarily showing me it has a strong grasp on what's going on. I think there are athletes there. I think the kids are strong. I think they look the part. But I feel in the second half of football that the offensive line is not holding up in a way to protect Wilson, which is allowing the Lobos to protect the ball, run the ball, take those short passes, take those four, five, six-yard gains, get first downs, run the clock. The team fell apart in the second half to what I would argue is one of the worst football teams in the country. Uh, yeah, you're correct there. Like, what, what are the boys going to look like when they play better competition? And you would think Terry Wilson would be picking apart a team like UTEP. He was 16 of 38 for 160 yards. Granted that there's an asterisk. He had a bum knee. He was down six wide receivers. But, I mean, all, all UTEP needed was the third quarter. They scored on the, the, the very first drive. Right. New Mexico had a three and out. They scored again. And the 14 points they scored on those two drives was all they needed for the whole game. You would think the Lobos being up two scores – and having a three-headed monster at running back would just bang it down their throats all second half and eat clock and, and just try to keep UTEP from the big play, and they didn't do either one of those things. The quarterback for UTEP, this, this Hardison kid, he's better than I thought. He's better than I knew, but his first half wasn't. Well, Lo first, Lobos made him look good. How do you know? In the second it? half? Yeah. His first half performance to me was as poor as I think I've seen anything offensively. Like to watch him go out and then to be able to come up with a scheme in a way to bounce back in the second half, that's coaching. Like that's, his talent level didn't change between the first half and the second half. It was UTEP was like, here's what we're going to do. And they did it against the Lobos. I know we got a caller. Uh, Tommy, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, guys, uh, Tom, the truth back at you, just listening to you guys talk about the Lobo games. Since I'm a new fan starting this year, I'm not going to be the voice of doom because I, I don't know too much about their past. But I didn't see the offensive line getting much of a push uh, in, in the second half. Also, two interceptions, you've got to get one of them. They had a couple yeah. balls they should have intercepted, not just knocked down. One of those could have made a difference. So the defense, there were plays to be made, they just didn't make them. And usually you hold a team 20 points or less a game, you win the game. Offensively, losing six receivers, I mean, that's, that's got to be tough. That's when you have to try to rely on your running game. 
and UTEP is three and one. I wonder who they've beaten. I mean, are they that bad of a team? This is a team that New Mexico should beat, but are they that bad of a team? Because I know they're three and one. Well, I mean, the, the season will tell the story of how bad they are, right? But they were predicted to be the 10th worst program in the country at the beginning of the year. Right. So that's why right. everyone just puts a W on the calendar because it's, it's UTEP. Right. Well, two and two now headed with U- Air Force. Now, I know they run the D- run option quite a bit, so you got to have your defense pretty disciplined on the ends for that and your, and your corners disciplined. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back against Air Force. And then my Cowboys tonight, 31-20. Keep that two-headed monster of Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard out there running the football, and don't take Parsons on the field on defense because that rookie's all over the place and he and he makes plays. So I, I'm saying uh, 31 to 20 tonight, uh, Cowboys. And I'll let you guys know something that you don't know. You that you say at the start of the show that guess what? That is now my ringtone on my phone. Oh, how about that? That's just going to make That is my ringtone. And if people ask about it, I say, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, forget about it. That, show, great Kyle. show, guys. Brandon right. Ortega. That's going to make Brandon Ortega very happy. I can't wait and to he, tell him later that his intro, because Brandon Ortega of KOB TV, super talented musician, made our intro music. And now it is Tommy the Truth's ringtone. That's pretty cool. I don't know how Tommy captured that, but. Tommy, reach out uh, at TalkABQ on social media, and I'll give you the source file, big dog. You can have you can have the most super Chris MP3 of all time. Uh, UTEP has beat State. Obviously, they really thumped them. Uh, they beat some junior college I've never heard of, Bethune Cookman. I don't I don't know who that is or what that is. And then obviously uh, embarrassed by Boise State, and then and then beat our boys this past weekend. The Look, game. Ch- oh, go ahead, Van. Yeah, Rocky Long's defense was very impressive. You know. Let's let's push to the side that it was UTEP, and UTEP's not that strong of a team. But Rocky Long's defense was two big plays away, and one of them was a freak accident where uh, a defender knocked over a wide receiver, and then the wide receiver just ran free. Right. And that, that was, that's just a freak accident. And then the other play, there was some confusion in, this, in the secondary, and they got on top of the secondary for a big play. If you take away those two big plays – the Lobos defense is very close to pitching a shutout. The well, the turning point to me was it was in the second half, and I guess it would have been that first series in the second half, when it, I, the fourth or the fifth play when UTEP's looking at third and twenty-one or third and twenty or whatever it was, and then the quarterback, um, that Hardison kid, he does he reels back and drops off like a thirty-yard pass or thirty-five. Forgive me, guys, I I don't know those exacts because I'm not that kind of fan, but. That was me, or that was my opinion, where, like, you're holding them at third and 20-ish, and if they have to punt there, you're going to end up a real good field position. If you can go up another score if you're the Lobos, the thing's all but done in the first half of the, of the second half. But then you – I think UTEP ended up scoring on that drive, obviously, and they scored just two or three or four plays later. So it's, it's to me, does it come down to one play? No. Does it come down to, like, concepts and schemes? It absolutely does. And I'm – in my opinion, I don't think that Warheim or the Lobos were able to handle what UTEP threw at them. I don't think it's the defense. I don't think it's Coach Gonzalez overall. I think it's not being able to make those changes on the offensive side of the ball in the second half after a team sees what you're delivering and then and then pivots on it. Like it's to me, it's it's an effort that's not good enough. Third quarter yardage. UTEP 
178, UNM 9. That's the game oh. right there. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's grab a break. Uh, we'll, put just, we'll just put a bow on it when we get back, Van, and then we'll jump into the NFL because I, I can't go more on this. I, I'm, I'm a world of disappointed, and, and I expected more and did not receive it. Uh, this is ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Here it is. Place been made. Kick to the uprights. And it is good. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby has done it again. 51-yard walk-off field goal to win it for the Packers. Final score. Green Bay 30. San Francisco 28. A dagger. In the Bay Area. I really like how Vital goes with the Mason Crosby kick and not the Justin Tucker kick. Of course. <laughs> hey, Vital, can you play that eight times in a row for me real quick? <laughs> One guy officially becomes the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL by hitting not just the winner, like, but 11 yards better than the winner that Mason Crosby hit. As time's expiring. Yeah, uh, we were going to come back with that one next segment. <laughs> this is what happens when we're in two different cities. Production goes down the drain. It's all personality on these programs. R-E-L-A-X, Packers Nation. All is well with the boys. Boy, despite some uh, controversial no calls in the game, Green Bay, I thought, Stop. just beat them up front. Be, just beat them up in the front where more physical than the 49ers were. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, I'm surprised they let him back into the game with that helmet-to-helmet hit. He looked wobbly getting up after Tough that. Tough guy. He had to come back there and, and help the boys win. I mean, he made those two catches on the final drive. Like, that was phenomenal. You don't, you don't get Rodgers more than 40 seconds to do something. And that's the lesson, right? Like, conventional wisdom yeah. is you go and you score and you take the lead. But, like, no. You're kicking the ball to Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have any timeouts. It doesn't matter if it's only 37 seconds. Big completion. Spike the ball. Big completion. Spike the ball. 50-yard field goal. Easy peasy. It's almost like the defense was scared, too. Because they knew it was coming. It was like, it was like when you were a kid and you knew you were in trouble at home, and you just like kept trying to like hide from that trouble. Like the like there was nothing you could do. Are you describing my adult life? Are you talking yes. about being a, a kid? <laughs> but but uh, well, and and the thing about that game too is like Green Bay's supposed to win that game. Ooh, I don't know. You don't you don't feel that way? No, I think it was fifty fifty. Oh man, what was the line on that? I think the line was two and a half for Green Bay. But still, I think that line only reflects Niners injuries. I mean, everyone plays with injuries, so I get that. But I don't know. I mean, I think if, if you take the pulse of the nation or the friends of the show and you're like, hey, like, who's your winner as far as that Green Bay-San Francisco matchup? Not only do I think individuals believe that Green Bay is going to win, I believe they think Green Bay is going to win and they're going to win going away. Like, congratulations to Green Bay on pulling it out and doing that thing. But I think they should have probably been in, like, more of a position to to have the victory early on. Like, it shouldn't have been as close as it was, in my opinion. 
Uh, strike that, reverse it. God, is this yesterday's game? They have Niners as the favorite. Niners plus two and a half. Okay. Well, at home, that's not even the yeah. full field goal advantage that you expect. Correct. Um, big. There were kind of a lot of upsets around the league. I thought Chargers over Chiefs was a big upset yesterday. A lot of people pick the Chargers. Here, hold on. Before we move on from the Packers. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let, yeah. me, let me tell you a little uh, behind the scenes. Let me tell you a little inside baseball. Okay. That game, Niners-Packers, was the first game I watched in its entirety with my girlfriend. Okay. She's she's like not not a sports fan, but she's not a sports fan. Sure. She doesn't watch football games. Like she'll go to pubs. Same. She'll go to pubs or whatever and, you know, just be a passive, you know, participant. Football's but better we, with the boys. We watched the whole thing together and she saw one of the best games she's ever seen in her life. So now it, I personally ruined football for her cuz any game she <laughs> wa- any game she watches going forward is not going to be as good as that game. It wasn't the best game of the day. Like I recognize your guys' fandom, but like there were other games out there like the Raiders game was better, like the Baltimore game was better. There were other games that were better than that game yesterday. Baltimore like, Detroit was ugly. The ending was awesome, but Baltimore played like garbage, and Detroit is Detroit. That was an ugly game. But to it, be it, fair, it, to be fair, uh, I, I was catching on the red zone. So if there was a lot of ugliness, it's not that I was necessarily seeing. It. Yeah, it was. That was a, a poorly played game. A lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers. But it ended amazingly with a record-setting kick. Falcons-Giants was close and good. There was a lot of good football yesterday. And football can be really good. Like, football can. But it's never the exact same teams, you know. So, it's you have to really have your pulse on every game to be able to find that game that's worthwhile when you're solo. Because I agree with you. Football's for the boys. Like, watching football solo is for the birds. Yeah, I'm with you for that. Uh, but it, it was a primetime game. Yeah. It was Aaron Rodgers against yep. a rival. It was the team that Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to when he was being a drama queen over the summer. It was a team and, that's the well, team that's drafted. owned Rodgers, and the t- yeah, the team that scorned him, his hometown yeah. team, the team he rooted for growing up, and the team that scorned him in the draft. So there's a lot to go, and then plus Aaron Rodgers with the ball with 30 seconds left. It doesn't it doesn't get better than that. Moving on to other matchups, uh, Chargers over Chiefs. You're going to say you weren't surprised by that. I was not surprised. I mean, I picked the Chiefs, but that's not a surprise. The Chargers are very good, and it's – I mean, Vital, didn't you have the Chargers? Remember, guys, I had the Lions winning. I had the Chargers winning. Yeah, you almost got Detroit right. You got the Chargers right. You're a you fool make, for picking Detroit. <laughs> you do make some some picks that I don't know about. Friend of the show, Vince, is on the line. Vince, welcome to the program via the Quan's Auto Fair hotline. Hey, fellas. Hey, I wanted to talk about the uh, UTEP UNM game. Yep. Uh, I'm a UTEP alum. I went down to the game uh, this weekend. There you go. And uh, yeah, so uh, a little bit of a disparaging tone when talking about UTEP, and I get that. The history's not that great. Um, they do have uh, seven last ten games uh, victories over Lobos last That's a fact. 20 years. So. Since 1998, um, I think. 1998, yeah, they've won seven last ten. So, um, and, you know, they, they, they're on a re- 
Bill, just kind of like the Lobos, too. But I watched real close in the second half. Um, they just beat up on the Lobos in the line of scrimmage. And Lobos had um, 71 yards in the second half and nine yards in the third quarter. You're not going to win many games with nine-yard quarter. I think zero uh, games had, is what you're going to win, like none ever. <laughs> yeah. They had 42 yards in that last drive that got stalled at the end of the game and stuff. So they just got beat up on the line of scrimmage. And, uh, I, you know, Terry, I, I guess that kid from uh, uh, Kentucky, a um, lot of acclaim, it must have been the rain or something because his balls were flying well over the receivers. He could have had – two all-pro receivers out there, and he, he he didn't find the target. So I don't know if the rain affected him or, or, or what, but uh, his balls were really overthrown. Um, but at that line of scrimmage, they got beat up, and they got beat up by a lesser opponent and by a team from a, a lesser conference. So Vince, Vince um, as you follow UTEP, do you, you follow every game. You watch every snap. Yeah, I'm, I'm a UTEP alum, yeah. Yeah, so with that said, do you feel like the approach and the energy – of this UTEP team was different from what you had seen. Throw Boise State out. But from what you had seen previously, do you think it was a special game to them? Yeah, and even in the Boise State game, you have to remember, they had six turnovers on their side of the field. They had two of them inside their own 10-yard line. So they gave Boise State 40-something points. The thing to remember is they still won the time of possession in that Boise State game. Okay. And they came out, and they're kind of a ground-and-pound team. And, and Rocky Long took him out of that real quick. He, can, he, he frustrated him. He took him out of that, and it, it made Hardison throw the ball more. You know, Hardison has got a cannon for an arm. He's not real accurate. Uh, he hit on some really long shots uh, down the field. But, uh, but they really started in the second half. They kind of started throwing to set up the run, and that's where they had some success there. So rebuilding just like the Lobos, you know, taking it one game at a time. Love that we're 3-1. We're actually favored by 4.5 over – Mighty, mighty Old Dominion this week, so possibly we go to 4-1. and one. But Lobo's going to have to regroup on that line of scrimmage because they got beat up. I was watching with binoculars, just watching really the, really the inside techniques, and they just got, they got hammered on the line of scrimmage. And that's where I think the game was won in the second half. And they just shut them down. And that's Vince, not really a, a, a vaunted defense, you know. So. Vince, you and I share a sentiment on that. We're up against the break, so we've got to cut you loose. Thank you so All very right. much for Thanks, your time, fellas. friend. Thanks, Vince. That's a good call. That's yeah, a very good. Good call. analysis. We get back more NFL talk and and keep with the Lobo calls. Like the, yes, I will take Lobo calls all day and all week because I am like you, Lobo fan. Like I am confused. It's ABQ Central, ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. A sixty six yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good. Crossbar and it tumbles through. It is good. Time has expired. Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn, and it's mayhem on the field. Friend of the show, Lenny, joins us to tell us just how much he's impressed with the greatest of all time, who's Justin Tucker. Welcome to the program, Lenny. Well, I mean, I'm going to give the guy credit, you know, and he got the uh, good bounce. And he was, and in practice, he said he was only doing 64 and a half yards. <laughs> so that little skip he took before he kicked it, you know, added that extra. He had a little throw that's up. Just, that's just ridiculous. But then what about the other game where they tried a 68-yarder and the guy ran it back? Oh, the Jaguars, yeah. Well, the, the wind changed in the dome. That's That was the difference. <laughs> well, yeah. 
So, but I, you know, I'm feast or famine. I got the Jets, who are now projected to probably go two and fourteen. Their quarterback will probably be like Justin Fields, and by the end of the season, be sacked seventy-five, eighty times. Fair. And the Jets are just in a mess. I thought they were in a mess with Adam Gase, and they got rid of him. But this is just insane. But the Chargers finally got the ball going their way. They can't kick worth a damn. So at the end of the game, when it's 40 seconds left or 37, and they gave Mayhomes the ball back with a 30-24 lead, I was visualizing them losing 31-30 to because of the two missed extra points, even though they got one of them back on a two-point conversion because their kicking sucks. And I hate to use that term, but every year this is a problem for them. Well, I the, mean, they finally the got Chiefs. the breaks because you're never going to see Kansas City lose three straight or turn the ball over three straight times. Yeah, well, that was the key to the game, wasn't it? Like, the spotted them a 20-point lead. Happen, but now the Chargers have another receiver besides Keenan Allen. If Michael Williams stays healthy, He's a beast at 6'5", 235. Mike Williams has been good for a while. He didn't just come but out of nowhere. But he was hurt, and he's never really had the system in place to utilize him. It's been Keenan Allen and the tight end sets and the running backs. Now they're going to him because you can't teach height, and he can jump. And if Herbert <laughs> can put the ball where he needs to, as he showed with the two touchdowns, that's going up, and this was the pace of play they need to play in. The Chargers will win shootouts if they can score close to 30 a game. If it's a lower-scoring game, they're going to lose. So next week when they beat the Raiders, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that too early? Oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Sports Animal is and, the official home of Raiders Nation and the Raiders Den. So and I will give the Raiders tread lightly. They became the first team to ever start the season beating three teams the prior season that won 10 games. That's a good stat. Lenny, we're up against the break, but you're a good friend of the show. You always bring the heat. Thank you. And I'm glad that you hate the Raiders because I think I love them. Sweet. I really like Lenny. Man, we get back more NFL talk. I'm into it. I'm into it, too. It was a good first hour. Radio Boys, ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I think it'll be more special just because of the amount of Cowboy fans that'll be there versus the away games. I mean, obviously the first two they traveled great and felt the energy and felt that, but just knowing that the support that they've given me over these past, I guess, going going on a year was important, was something that I felt. And, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. I'll take that moment. I'll be thankful for it, but then flip them on right back again to the Eagles' defense and what I have to do to win the game. Back on the program. Is that Dak Prescott? Is that who that was? You asked for the clip. I didn't know that was the Dak Prescott. How many are there? I thought we had a friend of the show calling in on the Quans Auto Care hotline named Dak who's going to talk about the game. That's what I thought it was. So. Were you confused? Did you think it was Dak Shepard? You talking about my doppelganger, Dak Shepard? <laughs> That's correct. Uh, you said at the beginning of the season, Van, and I did not believe it, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are the real deal. That is correct, sir. Had me looking a fool. 
looking an absolute fool. Well, I was right about the Cardinals, and I was wrong about the Colts, so you can't get them all. We will come back to that one. The Browns over the Bears. Uh, this one, to me, is is the topic I want to bring up. There's a strong possibility that every first-round quarterback drafted this year is a huge bust and the worst thing that's ever happened to the NFL. That's the fun storyline, isn't it? But the problem is they're friggin' rookies. Rookies suck. Peyton Manning was a world-class talent. He sucked his first year. Andrew Luck was a world-class talent. He sucked his first year. This is what happens when rookie quarterbacks play on subpar teams. They're going to suck. Do not be surprised. Do not overreact. This is what happens every time. Jimmy Garoppolo is a saint for protecting Trey Lance from sucking. Correct. Okay. Jordan Love is being shielded in a way by Aaron Rodgers to when he finally does play, he won't suck. In all likelihood, next year, he will be the starting quarterback, and he will know the playbook like the back of his hand, and he'll have the same kind of tutelage that Aaron Rodgers had with Brett Favre, and that's the right way to do it. If I, I was if I was the Bears, if mm -hmm. I was the Jaguars, Mac Jones is kind of NFL ready, but if I was the coach for any of these other quarterbacks, I would not put them in harm's way. Like Justin Fields got sacked nine times. Yes. Why? What are you doing? Why are you even letting him drop back? He should be only throwing to the flat and quick slants and doing run pass option. Well, the Bears offensive line is bad, first of all. Yes. They got more holes than Swiss cheese, Vital. Are you guys familiar with sports talk in Chicago, Illinois at all? Oh my God! They're, yeah, they're overreacting. Yeah, it's the it's the worst. Like every caller this morning is is like, "Good morning, men," except Matt Nagy. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like there's not anyone in Chicago right now that is in support of the Bears, and that stuff resonates. Like the players hear that stuff. Like like your boy Fields, like he's not waking up Monday morning being like, "Okay, that was a tough one. I'm gonna learn from it." He's hearing. Like, you are garbage, and your team is garbage, and you'll never see success. Don't expect the Bears to bounce back at all. They will not. No, they're not a good roster. They're going to they're gonna be competitive, and they're going to win a couple games. They're going to be in a lot of close games. The Bears are not a good team, top to bottom. You should so expect that. Defense will keep them in games, but you're right, Van. Sure. Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack, there's not a better one-two linebacker core in the NFL. They got some some good skill players here and there, but top to bottom, the Bears are not a good team. So you should your, not you should not be surprised when your rookie quarterback is failing. It's not a surprise. It's not a storyline. It's to be expected. That Browns team is better than I think too. That Browns team on defense is better than I think, but I think Baker Mayfield. For a while, I thought he was, and I know a lot of people have been raving about him, but I thought he was still the fourth best quarterback in that four-team division. I don't think he is anymore. He might be, like, the second best guy in that division. They're I mean, a Super Bowl contender, first of all. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of it has to do with Baker. Yeah, I have, I have the Browns losing to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I think the Browns are legit. They got a legit defense. They got... 
ex- an exceptional roster, and Chubb it seems like the second half, the second half of last year, Baker Baker Mayfield really matured and took a turn in his ability to manage the game and read defensives and not just run around like a maniac and chunk the ball all over the place. Kareem Hunt, I think, is going to have a resurgence to his career. Um, yeah, that's a very good team. Uh, the Washington football team just did not even travel to Buffalo. That was rough. I thought they'd play them tighter, but Buffalo is very good. Buffalo is the type of good to where there's not much you can really do about it if you're going up against them. Sure. They I don't mean, seem to have – yeah, there's no glaring weakness where it's like on defense you're going to attack this or on offense you're going to scheme to make sure this happens. They seem just insanely like B-plus player all the way through, and I don't think they're going to be able to to easily be taken down. Yeah, I think you're accurate there. They, they finally showed who they really are in this game. Like week one, week one was very fluky. To me, like the Packers getting demolished, the Steelers beating the Bills, it was very fluky. Like we're starting to see who these teams really are, and the Bills definitely showed who they really are. The Colts and the Titans matchup, I missed almost all of it in its entirety, but I guess the fledgling Colts don't know what to do when they have the football in their hands. Yeah, the offensive scheming has been very bad. And and I did pick Tennessee to win that game, specifically that one game. But the Colts don't look as good as I thought they would with Carson Wentz behind center. He had two two hurt ankles. So that's kind of tough to, to overcome. You Both your ankles are hurt. Which Which way do you limp? How do you limp with both hurt ankles? <laughs> the New it, Orleans... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was I was going to move on because I didn't think there was a ton of substance left there unless you got more jokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The, uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, did it in a way against New England that I didn't foresee coming. This is uh, – this to me – we were talking about that turning point in the UNM-UTEP game, and I was like, hey, I think it was in the second half, and it was this play here. This to me is that for the Patriots. This is – the Patriots are no longer the Patriots. The Patriots are something else now, and I don't recognize them. Well, I think once Matt Jones gets his sea legs, they'll play better. But again, back to the previous conversation, you're trying to play in the NFL with a rookie quarterback. It does not go well. I mean, look at Bill Belichick. He's owned rookie quarterbacks his whole career. Now he's getting a taste of his own medicine now that he has a rookie quarterback. The Patriots aren't that bad. And Bill Belichick didn't just fall off a cliff with his coaching ability. The skill players aren't that great. He's got a rookie quarterback. These kind of hiccups are going to happen. The Saints ran it 40 times. Yeah. The Saints are good. The Saints have a loaded roster. They're very good, top to bottom. And if Jameis doesn't throw four interceptions, they're going to win a lot of football games this year. Their defense is pretty good from what I saw yesterday. Pretty dominating at a pick six. Yeah. I like how, I like how Taysom Hill can just play running back now, too. Just whatever. Think, <laughs> just yeah, whatever. He, he, he's like, that's cool. I'll just let me, let me work on special teams here, and I'll be the backup quarterback, and I'll get five and a half yards of carry and punch one in. Like, you, it's unreal to me. Like, there's, that's a team that whenever you are preparing, how do you prepare for them? New England wasn't able to do it. Um, 
the Giants will have the first overall draft pick in the NFL. They're fighting for it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And the Falcons suck. I like, had the I had the Falcons winning a squeaker. I mean that's that was my pick, but the Fa- the Falcons aren't good, but the Giants are horrible. They're horrible. Their quarterback can't doesn't seem to be able to get it together. the The defense, I guess, is okay, but are they only okay against Atlanta? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I like, I do too. I haven't seen a team play worse than the Jets, but right behind them are those Giants because the Giants got a few good skill players. Like they should be competitive, but the only team they're competitive against is the bottom dwelling Falcons. The the Steelers are now the worst team in the AFC North, and they have the worst quarterback. And it's going to be hard for them to climb up from where they currently are. Oof. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I I had them in last place in the North this year. They're kind of living up to my expectations, except for that one super fluky week one win. And now they don't have TJ Watt. So, I mean, it's it's trouble in paradise. They've only scored 50 points on the season. With Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger who is looking like a shell of himself. It looks like he's when he throws, it looks like it's in, it's in slow motion. He doesn't have that quick release. It's like he has to wind up now to throw the yeah, ball I, more than 10 yards. I guess I hadn't given it that kind of dissection, but you're absolutely correct. It's it's very slushy. Like it's there's not there's nothing crisp about him it feels. He can't and move. Cannot move. I mean, That's the Steelers un- and the Patriots are due for down years. You can't be, you can't just be good every year for thirty years. Yeah, that's like, like St. Louis have, Cardinals. Stuff. I know St. Louis Cardinals even have a down year every once in a, once in a while. Let's grab a break, man. We'll we'll finish wrapping up the NFL uh, after this one. Don't forget, six o'clock is crosstalk with Josh Shushan. I'm off the air at five forty-five. It's homecoming week and homecoming weekend here at New Mexico Highlands, man. Ooh, that's so, exciting! Yeah, Purple pretty, everywhere gonna be pretty exciting out here i'm telling you that so uh yeah let's grab a break when we get back more nfl talk it's abq central on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal man you're telling me you don't care about a good finish if the game is garbage that's your opinion well of course i I like the good finish (laughs) hey everyone likes a good finish man am i right am i right right, right. hey No, yeah, I, I mean, a good finish is great, but I don't want to be tortured by a bad game. The Baltimore-Detroit game was a very bad game. I, th- I mean, I disagree. I, th- I thought it was exhilarating, the one play that I watched. Sure. 66-yard <laughs> field goal. It will be beat, right? Last time it was beaten, was, wasn't it Dempsey with the New Orleans Saints in 71? Or did wasn't it the Denver Bronco guy kicked? Yeah, uh, Elam, it was per- Elam broke it. Yeah. And actually it was broke by a guy named Prater a couple years ago um, in Detroit. He tied it. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, it, guys, guys can kick it. I think you have to have the perfect circumstance where a coach is like, cool, let's go for 67 here. Because in most instances, you don't kick it from 67. Like, it just doesn't make sense to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you need a perfect storm to get back there. I don't think it'll stand forever. I think it'll stand for a long time. 
congratulations to Justin Tucker on surpassing Adam Vinatieri as the best to ever do it. Well, if it does happen, it'll happen indoors before outdoors. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, kick, like, kickers are going to progressively get better and progressively have stronger legs. And there'll probably be ways to, you know, cheat the ball somehow. They'll figure it out. Somebody will Astros it up. The Denver Broncos embarrassed the Jets. And I'm talking like, as bad as it was, they could have made it worse. And it was kind of them to to keep it at only a 26-point deficit with a goose eggger out there. Yeah, I mean, are the Broncos for real? Yes. How would we know? Because the three teams they beat are all 0-3. <laughs> So who who are the Broncos really? We we won't know yet. Well, you know, the same logic that we apply to like the Lobos, like you you're supposed to win. You can only win the games that are put in front of you, right? Sure. So, so I mean, those teams wouldn't be over. The Broncos weren't down six receivers though. The Jets are just bad. They make everyone look good. That's a, yeah. Zach Wilson should not be on the field. A veteran quarterback, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Nick Foles, a somebody like that should be on the field. And Zach Wilson should be just bubble-wrapped studying the playbook. He just couldn't even make a pass. You're right, Van. That's how bad it was for him. But they do have a little talent on defense. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get you the ball downfield. but They're going to get high draft picks the next couple of years. Hopefully a couple of them hit, and then the, they'll improve. If Jameson Crowder can make a comeback, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, but they're, it's not going to make a big enough deal for them to maybe even win one, two, or three games. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble for all of the time. Yeah, every single week they're going to need a special teams touchdown or a fluky turnover to win a game because they're not going to win it with their game plan and, and roster, that's for sure. Staying in the division and moving to the other undefeated team, the Raiders van. Um, the Dolphins, it was closer than it should have been, in my opinion. I thought the Raiders had some opportunities to pull away, specifically in the second half. Uh, the Raiders are not afraid to score points when they have to, but for whatever reason, they're not controlling the ball. For whatever reason, they're not running time off the clock. For whatever reason, they're afraid to lock it down on defense. Jacoby Brissett is, simply put, average. Um Big win for him at the very end there. It, I mean, speaking of overtime and overtime, but 3-0 and and 90 points scored. I mean, it seems like a very le legitimately good team. Yes, I mean, they're legit, right? They beat three 10-win teams from last year. I mean, that's the sign of a good team. Yeah. And, and if you take away that fluky pick six that started the game and the Dolphins' first touchdown – the Raiders dominated the next three quarters. They did the Raider thing when it came to the end, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Giving up that late touchdown. That's what the old Raiders did. You called it with the Rams and the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Rams are good. The Rams are one of the yeah. best teams in the NFL. If Math Matthew Stafford haters out there, it's time Me. to shut up and get on the get on the bus. Because this guy, he's always been good. Matthew Stafford has always been fantastic, but he has been on the Detroit Lions. And the Rams could just pick a different wide receiver every week. I mean, running back. 
The Rams are just like, well, I, I guess we use Saint Sonny Michelle. Like, you just – how do you do that? How do you not have consistency in the backfield, but you still consistently can run your offense? Well, I mean, their passing attack is so prolific, and they have so many great skill position players. I mean, Des- Deshaun Jackson just is straight. your fifth best yeah. wide receiver. It's the system, too, that McVay has going for him. Deshaun Jackson, I'll say it again, is the fifth best wide receiver. That's going to open up a lot of running lanes when your passing attack is so prolific. You could just put your kicker in there to get a couple carries. Cooper Cup looked really good all day. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson. I think he had three grabs for a buck twenty. Yeah. So pretty good numbers if you can get them. Um, and it's not that Tampa Bay slouched on offense per se, but they didn't convert when they needed to convert. Tom Brady does not need to throw the ball 55 times. They rattled them up front. I mean, did you see Aaron Donald? My gosh, he was in the backfield the whole the – whole. Brady got sacked four times, and they got pushed around that, that Tampa Bay O-line. You love Aaron Donald. I also love Aaron Donald. He's arguably the best all-around player. He makes a bigger impact at his position than anyone else in the league. He's a de- he's an interior lineman who has over 10 sacks every year of his career. He's an interior lineman that gets double teamed. That opens up your defensive ends and linebackers to do whatever they want. He's a scheming nightmare. Did you catch any of the Vikings-Seahawks game? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was in the midst of a red zone flurry when I was watching that game. The, but the, the Oh, go ahead. The, the Vikings just controlled the line of scrimmage. They, they ran it down their throat even without Dalvin Cook. They don't need Dalvin to cook. The, what did the Mad- that Madison kid went for like over 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah, like he wasn't afraid at all. Like he might have went closer to like 170 yards. I don't really know. Like it, 171, there you go. Like it doesn't make sense that they can have so much control – over what has historically been a defense that can kind of dictate games in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, and, and Seattle's one of those teams that are going to be up and down every week. You don't know which Seattle you're going to get. Russell Wilson missed a couple deep balls. Like, I saw that. But to me, the key to that game was just controlling the line of scrimmage. The Vikings did whatever they wanted to yeah. and ran the ball down their throat. I think Thielen and Jefferson and Conklin make it easier for Cousins but I'm very surprised at how when Kirk Cousins looks good, how good he can look, and then when he looks poor, how poor he can look. Yes, like I, you're I describing don't Kirk Cousins. There's you're describing <laughs> Kirk Cousins. That's zero who he consistency. Is. Like zero. No, whatsoever. And he's got some great weapons, too, to play with. Like one, one week, the offense will be fantastic. And then the right. defense chokes, and then the next week, Kirk Cousin throws four interceptions, and the their kicker defense, chokes. yeah, and the kicker chokes, or <laughs> the defense allows forty points. You know? What What do you think has happened between Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf for them to just be so off sync? I don't, I don't, you know, I can't say enough about DK Metcalf right now. Like, haven't air quotes watched the tape? Okay, but Russell Wilson just threw some bad balls. He looked he bad was, he, Yeah, he was very un-Russell Wilson-y. 
And I don't know if that's a communication problem or a scheming problem or maybe they're not in rhythm. But to me, it just looked like Russell Wilson uncharacteristically threw a bunch of bad balls. And what I would call a rough start for the Vikings thus far, is this the one that writes the ship for them? I think this is the Vikings team you're going to see all year. But next week, it will be completely different. And then the week after that, it's going to be yeah. this Vikings team. And then they're going to lose to the people they're supposed to lose to. But everyone else are going to be up and down. As I say, Metcalf and Wilson are off the mark. I was looking up the numbers because that was my gut feeling. He still had six grabs for a buck oh seven. So it's, it's, it's a thing where it's like, hey, you can do as much as you can, but you really have to do more. Well, Pete Carroll likes to run the ball, and I see they've been trying to do it again, run the ball, and I think that's thrown off the rhythm between they, Wilson and – They've only – I think they only ran it like not 20 times last game, though. Like it's high teens. Sure. I mean, they're playing from behind the whole time, though. Yeah. You, you can't really establish yeah, a running true. game. The only team that still runs the ball when they're behind is the Tennessee Titans. When we get back, a little bit of Monday Night Football talk, and then I will be stepping out after this last segment. It's been real good thus far, though. A lot of good callers. Uh, Phone lines are open. Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, Dan, I know you and Vital plan on Monday Night Football, but I want to give you my prediction before I go. Hit me with it. I think, I think, I think the Cowboys are going to win at home. And I'm surprised that I feel that way because I, I am the guy who's like, in division, you're going to lose one of the two games no matter what. And this to me, because I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy, I'm a big Zach Hurts guy, I, I think Philadelphia is a very good team. I don't think Dak Prescott loses at home for the first time since he broke his leg. So I think it's the Cowboys at home. Well, we're, our uh, takes are quite similar. And okay. me, and, me and Vital will give our prediction and ana- analysis in next segment after you disappear to call the Las Vegas Highlands Lady Cow- Cowboys game. They got Western New Mexico tonight, big rivalry match Woo. up Rocky Mountain. Wait, are the, aren't both those colleges the Cowboys? No, 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 Mustangs. Mustangs. Oh, okay. So, okay, you ready for a little NFL roundtable? All right. The Buccaneers have reportedly lost Scotty Miller uh, for most of the season. They were already down wide receiver core. Uh, They're going to have to look to make a move, right? You would think so. Yeah. I mean, they got the best one, two, three punch in all of football, but you need five wide receivers. Monday Night Football has their Manning cast tonight. Did you see uh, the week three? Did you see that somebody tweeted the week three lineup? Did you see this? No. Who is it? Oh, my gosh. It's very good. So their first guest is Matthew Stafford. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. Strong. Uh, Their second guest is LeBron James. Oh, Uh, my God. Figured they'd get him in sometime. Okay. Their third guest, it keeps getting better, y'all, Nick Saban. Nick okay. Saban. How is wow. that? How is that better than LeBron James? LeBron James football? pushes the meter. 
Does you, Nick Saban have Jalen, a funny bone in his body? Jalen Hurts' college coach? Does that mean nothing to you for this game? I just don't know if he's a good interview. Or if, then, it, or if you I, cut it up with Peyton. Rob Gonkowski last week was phenomenal. Yeah, he's yeah he was. In uh, the fourth guest tonight is Chris Long. Are you guys familiar with Chris Long? Former Bear, lineman. Uh, so former St. Louis Ram, and his brother, I think, was the lineman. Yeah. Uh, the other Long. Yeah. So Jake Long was the other one. And then Chris Long yeah. Yeah, was the defensive lineman. I think he played for the Raiders, too. Uh, Howie Long was the dad of, of those guys. Okay, what's the over-under for minutes for how long it takes Peyton Manning to tell LeBron James he should have been a tight end? I think it's the first minute. 45 seconds. 45 seconds in? Say 90. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, LeBron, you could have been a real good tight end. I'd like throwing it to you out there in all Indianapolis. Yeah, big <laughs> numbers with me, LeBron. Josh Gordon signs with the Chiefs. That's a huge deal. Yes. Which Josh Gordon are they going to get? Are they going to get mentally sound, physically fit, learns the playbook Josh Gordon? Are they going to get riddled with anxiety, having to self-medicate, and getting kicked out after two games Josh Gordon? And reports were that he played in some funky indoor league and he wasn't all that great. He's still Josh Gordon. He's only yeah, he's 30. Yeah, still a freak of nature. Yeah, he's still a freak. He's only 30, and he doesn't have, like, five years of being beat up in the NFL. He's still got fresh legs. Isn't that old for an NFL wide wide receiver, I think? I think, yeah, it is kind of old for anyone that's not Deshaun Jackson. But, <laughs> he, but Gordon he, hasn't played, he so he's still played. fresh. He hasn't played. That's the whole thing. Yeah, he, he played um, in that fan-controlled league. Johnny Manziel was throwing yeah, him the football. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet. God, you know those dudes party. Manziel yes. and Josh Gordon, I want to go to that club. <laughs> Where are you guys? I want to stand at the entrance. I just want to be adjacent to it. Um, so the Giants, there was talk internally about – because Jason Garrett's obviously the problem in New York. He's the problem everywhere he's ever been. Uh, but they say he's going to keep play-calling duties – um, and inevitably live, end up 0-4. Like, yeah, got to make sure. a change. You're not going to beat the Saints, Giants. Well, they know they're not going to beat the Saints. Jason Garrett's that not that bad of a play caller. It's their roster. And their roster isn't good enough to compete with the majority of the NFL. I don't have any talent, especially the O-line is bad again. We suck again. Uh, recognizing that they had an extra quarter of football to do it, the Raiders allowed Peyton Barber to get over 100 yards against the Dolphins, and they released Trey uh, Ragus today. I, I guess I hadn't seen him touch the ball, so I wasn't familiar with him. Uh, but it looks like Peyton Barber is, I mean, the truth in Oakland. Till Josh Jacobs comes back. He's only got a couple more weeks out. We I think joked about, oh, go ahead. Barber and uh, Drake, right? Yeah, Barber, yeah. Barber and Drake are a really good one-two punch. Yeah, if, if you're going to be pass-heavy, both of those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. Then once you get Josh Jacobs back, he's going to be pounding it in between the tackles, and then you could have you have two good third-down backs. And they just can't keep going to Waller. That was a lot of their offense, so they can mix it up like that, get a little more flexibility in their offense, so they'll be even a lot better because that offensive line is really good. 
Yeah, I mean, Waller's a special talent, though. I mean, he's probably the best tight end after – He's double-teamed, though, Kelsey, all the time. Kelsey and Kittle, right? Yeah. No, you're correct. You have to keep uh, feeding them the ball. John Gruden literally said he's the most talented football player who's ever played for him. About Waller? Yeah, about Waller. Yeah, he's a world of talent. The If you can keep it simple on offense with this Raiders team, I think they're going to be able to do it. Uh, the quarterback – like eyeliner aside is is smarter than he looks. Now hold on. Like, okay. Yeah. I've been on the fence about this for quite some time. Is it eyeliner or does he just have the <laughs> super dark eyelashes? He has super dark eyelashes. Cuz it literally looks like eyeliner. It's like if you, is it, is he just going into the locker room at halftime and listening to The Cure? Like what's what's his deal? If you google does Derek Carr, it autofills Wear eyeliner. Yes. I was like, is that does that block the sun? Like when you put the black on your cheeks? I mean, do, does eyeliner help you see and pick out receivers downfield? I'm not sure. Coming back to this uh, conversation we touched on briefly earlier, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, all losers and fabulous losses over the weekend. Lawrence and Wilson tied for the lead league in interceptions. They both got seven a pop. Is it too early to say, Van? Because I'm ready to jump on the back wagon of worst NFL quarterback draft class ever. Okay. I know you love the sensationalism. You're quite yes. the provocateur. But this is what rookie quarterbacks do. Rookie quarterbacks suck, especially on bad teams. If you put, if you put Trevor Lawrence on the Buccaneers, you put Trevor Lawrence on the Rams, he's going to do a lot better than a team that has lost – 18 straight games. Yeah. Of course Trevor Lawrence is going to play poorly. Zach Wilson plays on the Jets. The Jets are historically horrible. Of course a rookie quarterback is going to play bad. Boys, I got to go. I'm going to call Bump Set Spike up here in Las Vegas, New Mexico, for the New Mexico Highlands Cowgirls. And as they take on Western New Mexico Mustangs, I'm excited for this big homecoming week here in Las Vegas, so you can catch me on the broadcast, Volleyball Tonight, Volleyball Friday, Football Saturday, Volleyball again on Sunday. I'm going to go. You boys are going to run it out uh, with Josh Shushan up to 615. Good job, everyone. GG. This is ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. It's your boy Van Nunley, all alone in this dark, lonely, and cold studio as my co-host Fred Slow has betrayed me to go call volleyball game. So now it's just me and the man behind the glass, the best in the biz, Mike Vital. I would love to call beach volleyball games on the beach. Well, you'd be too distracted to call the game, Vital. <laughs> you couldn't you do that. You got the sun, the splash, you got the atmosphere, man. <laughs> I would also be into that. Monday Night Football. The either wildly loved or wildly hated Dallas Cowboys have a home game against the Philadelphia Eagles in Dak Prescott's triumphant return. Who you got, Vital? Well, I got the Cowboys. I think he's going to be uh he's going to have a good night. I think that offense is going to roll. Although uh Philadelphia's front seven, I think, has been playing a lot better than they did last year. 
Uh, their offensive line has been playing a lot better. So every, uh, most games are one up front. So that's going to be an interesting one. The Cowboys' offensive line against that real athletic and uh, physical Philadelphia defense. But the thing is that the Cowboys' secondary has been soft so far this year. So that's going to make it for interesting how much Hurts throws downfield. Yeah, I think this is a game that's an obvious bet the over. I think a lot of points are going to be scored, a lot of passing yards. Like I you do said, too. the Cowboys secondary is quite porous, and the Eagles offensive line is a way above average. I don't know if they're elite, but they're definitely above average, and they're giving Jalen Hurts time to throw. And when he can't throw, Jalen Hurts has eight yards a carry so far in his career. There's only one quarterback who has more rushing yards to start their career than Jalen Hurts, and that is Lamar Jackson. And we know he's the best running quarterback in the history of the league. So I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. That's one of the things I got wrong about this season. More wrong than the Indianapolis Colts is I thought Jalen Hurts would struggle. But he's been the real deal. He's played very well all year. But I think the the Cowboys offense is just too prolific. And honestly, I mean, it's cliche and it's an easy cop-out, but it's going to come down to turnovers. I think both teams are going to score into the 30s. It's going to be a shootout. And if somebody gets a lucky fourth-quarter turnover, then that's going to decide the game. But I think the Cowboys' offense is just too prolific, and the defense will bend all game but never really break, and they'll put on a good show. And I think, you know, let's not go too much into conspiracy theories, but if the refs are going to cheat in a game, it's going to be <laughs> the first game back at Texas Stadium with Dak Prescott Jerry under center. World. The first game at Jerry World with Dak Prescott back. You know he's going to try to – he may not do it, but you know he's at least going to try to grease a few pockets here, make sure he gets the right calls, maybe give a, a ball boy – some overinflated balls or underinflated balls. I don't know what's good or bad. I just grab a football and throw it. I don't really don't know the difference. I think one of the keys of the uh, Cowboys offense tonight will be that run game, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. He's been getting the ball more, so that's going to be kind of interesting. Sure. 505-246-0610. Talk to me and Vital on the Quans Auto Care hotline. 50% of the Eagles' offensive snaps are through the air, so... Hertz has really been throwing it downfield to Kez Watkins. He's been averaging almost 30 yards per per catch. Wow. Just yeah. looking at this now. The, Eagle, the Eagles look like a real contender, if not for the whole NFC, at least for the East. Right. Dak's first game back from that injury, you know, in Jerry's world, that, that'll be emotional. Yeah, for sure. And, and the one-two punch in the Cowboys' backfield – Tony Pollard looks like the better running back. I mean, pro football focus has him ranked way higher than Zeke Elliott on his efficiency. So maybe it should be a 50-50 split. Zach Pollard, I mean, sorry, Tony Pollard looks like he's got the better burst, he's got the better field vision, and he's got the better hands coming out of the backfield. Zeke's a little bigger, a little stronger, so he's the guy you want to pound in between the tackles. Zeke's a workhorse, though, and I think he's always been that. He's he's just, 
I think he's tapered off. He just seems to be not wanting to hit, you know, the last game, not get engaged with a lot of contact than he used to. But I still think he's the workhorse. He's the guy who's the number one feature back. And I think a guy like Pollard, it's good to have a guy like that who has a different type of run, whereas Zeke is more straight ahead up the middle or, you know, through the, you know, through the, the, the tack behind the tackle. He's more of the between the tackles. He's more of that kind of guy. Pollard's more, it's a different look. And I think that's going to help them out the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, Pollard seems to be like the big play guy, the home run threat, more dynamic. You want to get him in open space and Zeke, you know, just like his little bowl, his little bowl thing he does, just keep feeding him, just keep racking up three, four, five yards at a time, eat the clock and then let Dak spread them out and throw it. Because the Cowboys don't need to establish like a really dominant run game. No. The Cowboys just need to run well enough to where you're not cheating on the passing game. Because Dak wants to throw. they got two elite receivers that need to catch the ball. So I, I, I do have the Cowboys winning tonight, but I think it's going to be high scoring back and forth, and the Eagles will hang. 34-31 Dallas. See, that's what I'm thinking. Somewhere in Over that 30. somewhere in that area. Let me let me pull up the line here. I know Cowboys are favored, but I don't know by how much. This is one of the ones I didn't study since it wasn't a <laughs> a Sunday game. Let's see here. We got Cowboys minus three and a half. So I was going to say take Philadelphia in the points, but I thought the spread would be larger. I thought it'd be since Dallas was at home. I thought, I thought be six. Yeah, I thought touchdown. It, yeah, I thought it'd be five, five and a half. Yeah, I think fi- Philadelphia. If you can buy some points and get Philadelphia plus five and a half, I think that's a very strong bet because I think it either be, it's going to be a super close game, but it's going to be high scoring, and the Cowboys are going to do just enough to win a close one. And I think it's going to be wildly entertaining, too. It's the it's, NFC East. That's where a lot of the drama the last couple of years has been in that division. <laughs> yeah, C.D. Lamb is the truth. He's as talented as you need a receiver to yeah. be. And Jalen Hurts is just straight-up fun to watch. So I'm going to be watching. It's going to be a good game. We're back after the break with the voice of the Isotopes, Josh Shushan. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610D, Sports Animal. It's so hard to say goodbye to the isotope season. Albuquerque, I hope you're out. (laughs) Albuquerque, I hope you're out at the lab right now or in your car listening to me and Josh on your way to the lab because this is the last home game of the year. How hard is it saying goodbye, Josh? It is hard to say goodbye, you know. Um, Now, just to make sure that we're clear, there's still five more road games. Correct. From Wednesday through Sunday. And so it's always, uh, you know, I always get very melancholy at the end of the season. But especially at home, for me, it's, you know, I'm going to miss the games. I'm going to miss the players. But it's the relationships that you form with people at the ballpark, right? This becomes our summer home. 
And so, like, Francina, our public address announcer, she came in and she said, give me a hug, you know. And I was like, I'm going to see you, you know, we'll get lunch in the off season, you know. It, um, but, you know, this is this is our summer crew, right? You know, those in the press box and those who are here at the ballpark. And, you know, so for me, the, the, the sadness of the last home game is, is more about the people who are actually not on the field um, because this is, uh, you know, this, this is our crew for the summer or the fall now. <laughs> That is the best answer, and you always give the best answers. <laughs> you know, it, you did you ever you ever think about running for office? Well, has that ever crossed <laughs> the short answer? Crossed, I've thought about it. I'm uh, not going to do it. Oh, but I mean, I think that 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 goes for ushers. You know, when you're an usher here, you get to know the people in your section, and vice versa. And you know, for a lot of people, it's their first jobs, right? And it's the end of their first job. Um, so all of that stuff um, becomes sad. So speaking of ushers, big shout out uh, to friend of the show uh, up there in the club level, everyone's favorite. Just love her absolutely so much. You know who she is, right? If it's, if it, unless the person's in the press box, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> club? What? What? What club level? We have a club I, level. <laughs> The, and I just went as soon as I started talking about her, I just went blank. Give me a second here. Oh, my brain hurts so bad. Hallie. Oh, my God. How could I forget about Hallie? He's a friend of the show, friend in real life. Hallie, we love her so much. And she's the one I'm going to miss. When I, Al, Isotopes baseball goes away. So she's the one who serves alcohol. No. Well, OK, is well, that that's that's always, that's always that's always. The one who serves alcohol is always my best friend, but the one that doesn't okay. serve me alcohol that is my best friend is Hallie. So big shout-out to Hallie. Okay. She's been there forever. She's the best in the biz. <laughs> Red is the one that serves me alcohol upstairs. Okay. So, okay, so back to Isotopes Baseball. Yeah. Have a day, Greg Bird. Ooh. Yeah, he's, he's been having quite a few days lately. Yeah, so he drives in four runs, three more extra base hits. In his last 10 games, he's now got five home runs and 14 RBIs in his last 10. Talk about finishing strong, you know. Uh, I mean, shoot, Greg Bird first came on the scene with the Yankees, as you know, and he was this folk hero because he got called up in, like, mid-August and hit, what was it, 13 home runs in the last six weeks of the season. So, end of the year, that's that's when – I was about to think of some, like, cheesy analogy of, like, birds flying south, you know, in, in the, in the wintertime or whatever. And so – but, look – Greg's been great, and, you know, look, from, from day one until now today, game 125, he's one of the few guys who's been here from start to finish. And when I talk to people around the team, it's not just the home runs. Like, everyone just loves this guy. He just – he's people's sounding board. He gives life advice. He gives baseball advice. He organizes trips on off days. He, he's just the coolest dude. You know, he just has such this great perspective. And, um, you know, he told Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal the other day that this has been his most satisfying season in the minor leagues, you know, especially after all the injuries he's had, all the time that he's missed. He was struggling to find a job this year. Rockies gave him a chance. This was his hometown team. I remember him telling me early in the season how there was like this um, – it was a fundraiser for his high school team. So they all went out and sold Rockies tickets, and that's how they raised money for their high school baseball team. And, uh, you know, Rockies give him a chance, and he's had one heck of a season for us lately. You think some big club, you know, all the, the statisticians that go into baseball and projections and advanced analytics, you think some baseball team would know 
to sign Greg Bird for the last two weeks of the season for a playoff because <laughs> he's unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know he's funding this charity by himself. Yeah, so the charity, well, it's called Homers That Help, and all the home runs that get hit throughout all of uh, AAA baseball in the last 10 games leads to charity donations. Isotopes are in fourth place right now. They've hit eight home runs in four games. And, yeah, Greg and Alan Trejo um, and Joshua Fuentes are making sure that a lot of money goes to Enlace Comunitario, which is the charity that the Isotopes selected. So I love sitting around talking baseball with the best baseball brain that I know, Josh Shushan. Yankees just swept the Red Sox. They're in first place of the wild card. Seattle's two games back. Toronto's one game back. Who do you got? I want to cheat here and look ahead to see like who people are playing. Yeah. You know, right? it because seems that, like the Yankees so, have the roughest road. Yeah. The Yankees are playing the A's and they just swept them. But then the A's came back and played good over the weekend against the Astros. Red Sox are in Baltimore, and then the Yankees and Blue Jays go head-to-head in Toronto, and you know that Roger Center is going to be rocking. Oh, yeah. Yankees, so, Yankees got three against the Blue Jays, then three against Tampa Bay. Ooh. They have the hardest road. So you know what I also root for? I root for chaos. I want three-way ties. I want Same. a game. Yeah, I want a game to decide this tiebreaker, which then sets up a game to break this tiebreaker, which then sets up the wild card, which then sets up the division series. Vital, Vital is pointing at me and laughing right now because that's exactly what I said on Saturday. I want. Yeah, you did. I want five 163 games. There you go. That lead to two more 164 games yes. that lead into a wild card game. That's my type of ending. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome because. I'd say what I love the wild card games. I love that everything's on the line with one game. I love that either the Giants or the Dodgers are going to go home after an unbelievable regular season, or they're going to be on the th- a th- a threat to go home if they don't win that game. Um, you know, but you think about the way the Cardinals are finishing, and then the Cardinals are going to play either the Giants or the Dodgers, and one of those two teams is going to be done after one game. It's bonkers. And, I yeah. love it. I love it this year. I love baseball. I love the isotopes. And Josh Shushan, you're the best in the business. Isotope's last home game coming right up with Voice of the Isotope's Josh Shushan. You've been listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal.